0: So glad that you're here with us today to worship together. I want to invite you, if you're in the room, will you stand and join us as we worship and just invite God to meet us here today. I was buried
1: beneath my shame. Who could carry that kind of weight?
0: It was my tomb Till I met you I was
1: breathing but not alive All my failures I tried to hide
0: It was my tomb Till I met you. Cause you called us out.
1: You called my name. Alright, let's think about his mercy. Now your mercy has saved my soul. And now your freedom is all that I knew. out of death into new life who brings us out of our sin and brokenness and just makes us brand new in Him, in Jesus Christ Amen I
0: needed rescue my sin was heavy but chains break at the weight of your glory I needed shelter I was an orphan now you call me a citizen of heaven
1: when I was that today. Give God some praise. Thank you, Lord.
2: As a told for us to the Son
0: and downs in the midst of our sadness and our joy and even now as your hands are placed in front of you I want you to picture just your past week picture what you've experienced both the good and the bad and imagine all of those things are just sitting in your hands right now and now I want you to picture God standing right before you inviting you to release those things as you release those things, I want you to turn your hands down toward the ground, facing the ground as you're releasing. Just follow God's invitation to release what you've brought in here today. And now when you're ready, I want you to turn your hands back over. This is a symbol. This is a way for us to say to God, God, my hands are open seeing myself of what I bring. Lord, and I'm asking you to come and meet me fresh and new today, to give me what you want to give me. And I want you to think, what, what is something that you want to receive from the Lord today? Is it peace? Is it his presence? Is it his grace? Is it his forgiveness? Whatever that is, I just want you to picture God placing that in joys and in our sorrows, God, in our busyness. God, we choose to step back and just invite you to meet us fresh and new today. Or just as the scriptures say, we are grateful, Lord, that you love us without bounds. God, that neither height nor death or angels nor demons, Lord, nothing can separate us from your love. And I pray, Lord, over everybody engaged Fresh and new, God, how deeply you love them. God, that your love for each of us never runs out. God, that you love us unconditionally. Lord, and that even today we would sense you saying to us, My son, my daughter. To you, oh, your love. Let's sing that chorus again. You love never fails and never gives up. It never runs out on me. You love never fails and never gives up. It never runs out on me. You love never fails.
3: Anyone thankful for God's love today? Amen. Amen. Well, it's a special day today. Today is the start of week two of 21 Days of Prayer. And we've committed for these three weeks as a church to be praying as we head into this new year. And, And today's a special Sunday. Today is the day that we remember and celebrate Sanctity of Life Sunday. It's also the Sunday that we remember and celebrate Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And and we remember those things because we remember that God is the author of life. He's the creator of life. He's the defender of life. That he sees those who are oppressed or those who are running and he runs to guard them and safeguard them. And so today as we pray together, I just encourage you to add your voice in that the heart of, of those of us who follow Jesus is to be like him and all that he is. And so let's pray together. God, we look to you today, and we remember that you are where our help comes from, that on this day we acknowledge the most vulnerable in our world, those without any voice to speak at all, the unborn. We lament the death of each child lost to abortion. We pray for each parent who has chosen to terminate a pregnancy. We also lament those who have been and continue to be oppressed because of the color of their skin. We lament the sins of racism in our nation and in the church. Today, we commit to become a people who welcome life in a culture of death. And we ask that you enable us to do this by your Holy Spirit. We pray for the realization of Dr. King's dream in our day and in every place where injustice has reigned, a dream that is an echo of the promises found in Scripture, that one day every valley shall be exalted, every hill and mountain shall be made low, that rough places will be made straight and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. God, we also just pray that you would open up our minds and open up our hearts for the word that you have for us today. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And somebody said, amen "Amen." and amen. Well, if you are in Spring Lake, you can take a seat. So glad that you're joining with us. Want to give a big shout out to those of you who are joining online or those of you who are at our Muskegon campus. Come on, church. Can you show your church family some love? so glad that you're joining in with us. I also just want to give a big shout out to those of you who are here for the first time or for the first time in a long time. We're so glad that you're joining with us. We'd love to get to know you, get to know your story. We'd love to actually put a gift into your hand today as you walk out of service. The best way that we know how to do that is through our connection card. There should be a connection card right in front of you in the seat back in front of you that you could fill out sometime throughout the service. And then bring back, there's a booth in the lobby called our Connection Point. Our team would love to meet you there and connect you. Also, would love for you to to put this in mind next Sunday, the 28th. If you are new, if you've been here in the last month or in the last few months, and you're asking the question, how do I take steps deeper into into the life of this church family? Next Sunday is your chance. It's called Explore All Shores. It'll happen right after the nine o'clock service and right after the 11 o'clock service. It's an orientation, if you will, that if you're wanting to take steps deeper into the life of our church in this new year, this is how you do it. And so mark that on your calendars for next week. We'd love to have you. This is also the time in the service where we give back to God, recognizing ultimately that everything that we have is his and he's put us as a steward over it. And we, so we give back a portion of that every week or every month to be a part of something so much bigger than just ourselves but to be the hands and feet of Jesus both here locally and around the world and so if you join us in that we just want to say thank you for your generous giving for your sacrificial giving Um, if you want to participate in that today the ways to give are on the screen behind me or there are boxes in the lobby as you leave today well, I'm so excited for the rest of our service. We have a great service planned for you today. Why don't we turn our eyes to the screen for what comes next?
4: I'm Deb Jackson.
2: I'm Chris Jackson. We've attended
4: All Shores for seven years. I'm Sean McMaster.
3: I'm Rachel McMaster and we've been at All Shores for
0: 15 years. Yeah, one of the
3: things we liked was meeting new couples and exchanging ideas and uh, the things that are working successfully in their relationship.
4: The food's been great. A night out without having to prepare it yourselves is kind of fun. The speakers were always very good and inspirational. We always came back with a renewed sense of commitment for our own marriage.
3: The thing that I most look forward to about marriage night, it's just time with great folks at church. I get to have a wonderful date with my husband, and then spend time together with people that we love too.
4: Anytime we can get together with other people, uh, share some common experiences, have some good food. Uh, Any time that I get to spend with her, that is not a trip to Myers is nice. Well, I would I would encourage people to come. There's it's like a no pressure evening. Nobody's going to grill you on how great your marriage is or how rocky your marriage is or you for tips on making their marriage better or any of those things. It's just a relaxed night of good food, good entertainment, other people who are trying to commit to being better married partners.
3: I would say come on out and join in the fun. It's a great night. We have wonderful speakers. We get to learn so much together and just spend great time with people
2: and great food.
3: Hey church, this weekend is step three of the journey. If you're new to our church, the journey is the best next step out of one of our services to getting plugged in, getting to know more about All Shores, and ultimately finding your spot more in our church. Step three happens uniquely the third Sunday of every month here at our Spring Lake campus, and it's all about helping you abide in or connect with, spend meaningful time with God. It happens during our 11 o'clock service, so if you have little kids, you can check them into our kids' ministry just like you would for service. And it happens in our upstairs conference room, which is behind our auditorium. If you don't know where to go, don't worry. Just ask our team. We would love to help you find your way there.
4: Psalm 119. Blessed are they whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. I run in the path of your commands, for you have set my heart free. May your unfailing love come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your promise. You are my portion, O Lord. I have promised to obey your words. I have sought your face with all my heart. Your word, O Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Your faithfulness continues through all generations.
5: Well, good morning again. Welcome, those of you in Spring Lake Campus, those who are joining us online today. So glad you're here. Was it just me or during the marriage thing, everybody talked about the food? Food's good. So anyway, um, yeah, we are in week two of 21 uh, days of prayer. And uh, just for some of you who may not know, our staff meets uh, every day. during this season. We meet every day at 11 o'clock when the offices are open and we gather together and we pray and we spend some time abiding and praying for you, praying for the church, uh, praying for God to move. And uh, so it's, it's a very meaningful time for us in this, in this season. And we want to invite you to participate in your way as you can. I know that we have uh, devotions that go out every day. We have more than 300 of you who have signed up for that. And we encourage you to, uh, if you haven't signed up, to do that. Uh, if you're looking for help as to how to do that, those who are at our connection point or those uh, of you who are watching online, there's a way to click and uh, find a way to register for that. But some of the things that people have been saying this week as they're engaging, uh, one individual said, God, show me ways to be closer to you, and God, please open my eyes and ears so that I might know how to start following you in all the areas of my life this year. Uh, Another individual said, "Uh, even though I may want to guide my own ship, I know that I cannot do it alone and I will fail. This year, I need to learn to lean more into God And find out what he has for my life instead of trying to do things on my own. Amen. And then another said, uh, As I spent time in prayer this week, giving my fears and stress to God, it surprised me how many fears kept coming to my mind and how freeing and peaceful it was to immediately pass those on to God. And we just believe that as you abide and spend time with the Lord in scripture, prayer, silence and worship, that you will hear from him, that you will discover. And that is part of the goal of 21 days is how do we hear from God in scripture? And we're going to get to that today. So as we open up God's word, we just believe that the same Holy Spirit that breathed life into these words is with us today, that he dwells in us, those who are followers of Christ. And so the Spirit finds a way to connect those in our lives. And, uh, and so he has something for you today. And it might be a word, might be a thought, uh, but God has something for each of us today. And so we're just going to pause to prepare ourselves to hear from him today. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. Lord, as we open up your scripture, your words to us, I pray that it would come alive, that you would speak to us today through your word. Lord, that if there's anything of me that it would fall to the ground and be forgotten, but what you have for us, Lord, that it would would bring correction, it would bring challenge, it would bring encouragement. Ultimately, Lord, that it would change us that we might be more like Jesus Christ. And we asked this in his name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Well, several years ago, uh, there was a uh, Christian apologist, someone who debates Christianity and the evidence of faith and its meaning in our world, and a Christian apologist who was invited to the Ohio State University. And uh, while they were there on campus, uh, I I didn't hear any cheers. (laughs) Where are we? But while he was there, he was invited to see the Wexner Center, which is on campus at at Ohio State. And it is the Wexner Center for the Performing Arts. And uh, Newsweek uh, declared it the first deconstructionist building ever built in America. And if you notice even on the outside, you know, these, these turrets, these red brick turrets, they're not really connected. They're not the same size. They don't really come together. And It represents the, the uselessness of sometimes of, of life, that it's incoherent, unpredictable rules that organize our, our world. Uh, and it gets even uh, more puzzling when you, when you enter the inside. There are stairs that lead to nowhere, and there are these pillars, and you can see one up here, but there are these pillars in the building that really aren't connected to anything, and they, they actually have no use. They're just there. And it's this idea that we live in this world where, where we can create and develop and, and do our own thing. And so they're explaining to this apologist how the world, we can deconstruct the world, and we can kind of do whatever we want. And he just had one question, Did they do the same to the foundation? (laughs) It's a great question, right? Because we as people, we love to have this idea that we have the freedom to think what we want, do what we want, and yet we forget that we need to have a basis or a foundation that we are building our lives on. Otherwise, it's just chaos. And I know that uh, some of you don't love rules, right? You don't love uh, the idea that there's something that's absolute that you have to do. I I remember years ago uh, putting one of those Ikea desks together. Have you ever done that? And I got halfway through, and I hadn't been looking at the directions, right? Who needs the directions? They're all, the parts are right there. But I got halfway through and I was a little confused, opened up the directions, and I had the two sides were upside down. I had to change that or it wasn't gonna work. There was another time I had a bookshelf, and I got so far along in it that, uh, well, I took my own nails, and I just slapped it together to make it work. <laughs> and do you know where that bookshelf is today? Me neither, because it didn't last. <laughs> it didn't last very long at all. It, uh, it fell apart because there are, there are some directions that we need to follow. There is a foundation upon which we build. And we all love this idea of having this freedom and to be able to contemplate what life should be like and You know, you might be able to contemplate that two plus two doesn't necessarily equal four, but no one wants to drive over the bridge that you contemplated, right? (laughs) Because we want to make sure that there's a solid foundation. And yet, we make decisions as people every day without thinking about that foundation, without considering. We might purchase something without considering, is this really what I should have? Can I even afford it? Is this what God would want in my life, right? We make decisions or we start projects or plans and we move forward in life without ever asking, is this the direction? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? How does this affect other people in my life? And again, is this what God would have me to do? We make spiritual decisions. We talk about our belief and our faith. Well, I think God you know, would do this or I think God would do that. We talk about the issues and social issues and politics. And well, I think God this and I think God that. But have we ever actually asked God? Or is it just our own freedom and our own ideas? What is it that God thinks? And how do we discover? How do you know what God thinks and what you should do in your life? Well, God speaks to us first and foremost through his word. That's why we call it his word. He has given us this to build on. And over the 21 days of prayer, we are focusing on scripture and how do we hear from God in scripture. And I will tell you, this is more than just a book of direction, right? This isn't just a map, it's so much more than that. But the Holy Spirit uses it to give us guidance on how to live a holy life. And it helps us to build our lives on what is true and what is right and what is foundational. And so we get into Psalm 119. And we're going to look at verse, beginning with verse 89. And Psalm 119, if you know, is a very poetic uh, chapter. the largest chapter in all of the Bible. And uh, uniquely, it's all about the Word of God. And the author uses all the letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And so every eight verses, there is a, a different letter that is being used to start the stanzas. And, and we are looking at the, wo- or the letter Lamed. And uh, in the Hebrew... It, this is what it looks like. So if you were to look at the Hebrew, every sentence begins, every, every section in this passage of Scripture begins with this letter, Lamed. And it is designed to look like a shepherd's crook. That was its origin. And uniquely, in Psalm 119, the author, we shouldn't be surprised or shocked, that what he is describing for us here in these words is, is a way to bring guidance in direction, because isn't that what a shepherd's crook does for the sheep? It moves them along, it prods them, it get, brings them into the right direction. It brings safety and security. And so, in Psalm one nineteen, beginning with verse eighty nine, the psalmist says this: Your word, Lord, is eternal; it's everlasting; it stands firm in the heavens. It's this the, the standing firm. It's this picture of, of a pillar, if you will, that is unmovable. He says, your faithfulness continues through all generations. In the Hebrew, your dependency moves from house to house. It's kind of the picture that it paints for us. And isn't that what God does? He is faithful. He is dependable from person to person, from home to home, from generation to generation, from culture to culture, from age to age. He is dependable. He is faithful. And then he the, the author here in Psalms, he, he paints this picture of creation. He says, "You established the Earth, Lord, and it endures. God created all that we have, and it, it's still here. God created the Earth. It's, it's still here. And how did God create the Earth? He spoke it. It was His word. Let there be light. There was light. And God said let there be separation between the waters above and the waters below. And it was so. The word for waters above is shamayim in the Hebrew, and it's the same word that he uses here for heavens. And so as you are reading this passage, for those uh, who are reading it in the Hebrew, it would have drawn to mind God's creation, that his word is in the heavens. It is firm, but it is also here on earth and where we stand. Oh, this endures not only does the earth endure, but your laws, your paths, your ways, what you teach us in your word, it endures to this day. Isaiah would put it this way, and you've heard this before the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures. Same word, it stands firm Amen. forever. The Psalmist continues, we think. Uh, if your law had not been my delight, if I had not found joy in, in following this, if I had not learned what you had to say, if I had not found joy in this, I would have what? I would have perished. I would have been destroyed. I would have been like Thad's bookshelf. Because <laughs> that's how it works. If it's not built on that firm foundation, if you just do whatever you want, if you, if you did not delight in God's way, you perish in your affliction, and your pain. And then the psalmist says, I will never forget your precepts. Your, again, another word for your law or your, rule, your way, your judgment. I will never forget your words, for by them you have preserved my life. You have kept me alive. My life flourishes. I am better off because of what I have done by following your word. Now, the psalmist isn't the only one that gives us this picture and this idea. Jesus would do the same when he was with his disciples. When he was walking with his disciples, Matthew chapter 7, he said, Therefore, if anyone hears these words of mine, God's word, and puts them into practice, it's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house. Life happens You face things in this world, but it did not fall. It stood firm because it had its foundation on the rock. God's word, putting God's word into practice causes you to your life to be preserved. And he went on. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice, who does whatever they want. Is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rains came, right? Life happens. Streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell. Destroyed. No longer preserved. I think what the psalmist, I think what scripture is trying to teach us overall is this that God's word should be the foundation upon which you build your life. God's word should be the foundation. It should be the starting point upon everything that we build off of. Many of us have started to build our own homes without knowing what God's word has to say, without understanding what God would have for us to do in our lives. God's word should be the foundation. But I say that and you go, oh, that sounds great. What does that look like? Right. If you're a young person growing up in the church or maybe you've attended youth group, maybe you're a young adult, you you could be a new believer. It's not based on age. And you have this picture in your mind of what it looks like to hear from God, to know what God wants you to do. Right. The Bible is not some index book where you look in the back and you go, should I go to college? Uh, Verse five. Yeah. Right. Should I buy that car? Should I move to that house? There's not, you know, there are things in the back of the Bible to help guide you, but it doesn't work that way. And some people who might be outside of the church and they hear people talk about, well, God told me I should do this or God gave me direction to do this in my life and they think somehow the Bible is like those old school uh, eight ball things, right? Remember that? You shake that? Should, should I go to Michigan State? Ask again. Outlook, not so good. Anyway, (laughs) sorry about that. For people who are not followers of Jesus, I think they think that that's the way the scripture works, but ultimately you and I know, if you are a follower of Christ, you know that the Holy Spirit dwells in you. It is about a relationship. And just as you might receive a letter from a friend and they're describing a time that you spent together, right? You remember not just the statement that they have in the letter, but you remember everything you talked about and what was going on around you at that time. And it draws so much more meaning for you. And for those of us who are Christians who read the scripture, that's the way the Holy Spirit works. You might open up your scripture and read a passage. It might be a familiar passage to you. You've read it before. But the Holy Spirit brings so much more to that. And draws in what you've been experiencing, what you've been going through, and brings it to life. And allows the word of God to become the living word in our lives. And when you discover more of God this way, when you begin to to, to hear more from him and abide with him as you're reading scripture, you'll realize that his voice, it can be different. It can be an emotion, an anger, jealousy, it could be fear, it could be peace, it could be a conviction, it could be a challenge. It could just simply be a prompting for you. As you open up the Word, you might be reading the Gospels, right? The first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, stories about Jesus. And you begin to read one day about Jesus healing someone. He does that a lot in the Gospels. But all of a sudden, one person comes to your mind, someone that you know who is sick, now, there are a lot of people who are sick. We have hospitals in the area that are filled full of people. Why did you think of that one person? Could it be that God is prompting you, the whispering to you, suggesting that you should stop and pray for healing for them, just like Jesus did in the New Testament? Have you ever considered how you might just stop in that moment and pray for them? That's when the Word becomes the living Word. That's when you begin to put that into practice. You might send them a card, send them a letter, send them a text, and simply say, while I was reading my word today, God prompted me to pray for you. How beautiful is that? And you begin to step into and build your life on this foundation that God has given us. You might come across a passage in the Old Testament about giving or generosity, and all of a sudden you're prompted about A ministry or someone that you know of that is in need. Giving to the poor. Should should I do that? What is God asking you to do? Are you being prompted to look over your finances and go, is this something that I practice in my life? And what, what should that look like? It doesn't have to be direct where God comes out and says things, and there are those passages. But it's finding the, those moments where there's a whisper, or there's a word, there's a prompting, there's a feeling that comes out. But you go with it because that's the foundation upon which you build your life. Years ago, my wife and I were discerning next steps in the ministry, and and I've probably shared similar stories before, but. I was reading this passage in 2 Corinthians about Paul. He He was arguing for why he was a church planter and why he did the ministry the way he did. And God simply said, Why not you? And I hadn't thought about that before. I'd been called to ministry, I'd been called to be a pastor, but a church planter? No. But I heard that whisper, Why not you? Now, I didn't go talk to my wife and quit my job that day and go, okay, but it began a process where I began to pray about it. I began to fast. And I talked to other Christian leaders and the lead pastor that I worked for and sought out the discernment and the direction. Ultimately, we, we did. We, we planted a church, but it all started with spending time in the word of God. It began there. And our lives were built on that foundation. That's where we start. That's where we move. Uh, a couple of, or this last week, a couple of days ago, I was having coffee with Marty. Marty's a young man in our church. He's actually an elder on our board, and he leads our men's uh, Bible study in, in the morning on Wednesdays. We were having coffee, and he was telling me that there was a time when he had anger in his life. This was years ago. Anger towards his father. Broken relationship. Hadn't talked with him in seven years. But Marty's a believer, and he reads the scripture every day. But one day, one day he was reading a passage, and I don't know if he said he doesn't know what passage it was. It might have been Matthew 6 where Jesus teaches us how to pray, and he heard this prompting from the Lord, you should forgive your father just as I have forgiven you. Now, he didn't just drop the Bible and go, okay, right? It's not that simple. But he started a process where he prayed about that and asked God how to forgive his father. And he asked others to pray for him. And several weeks later was his father's birthday. And so he decided to call his father and wish him a happy birthday. He told me when his dad picked up the phone, even as the conversation began, it was a whole new relationship. He had already found forgiveness. And they reconciled that relationship. And that all started from a prompting from the word. Just hearing God's whisper in his life. I won't forget your precepts, the psalmist says, for by them you have preserved my life. My life flourishes when I understand and listen to this foundation that you have given me. Now, it may not sound difficult, but it can be challenging. It can be challenging for all of us to know what does that look like and how do I approach Scripture? So I'm going to give you just a few tips. The first is this. Stop approaching Scripture with your thoughts and let it speak to you. I mean, we, we so often will open up and we'll open up a passage and, and we, we've seen that passage before, so we know what it says, or, or we go to the Scriptures and we... We're looking for something, for an answer for our life, right? It's this one category. Maybe God doesn't want to talk to us about that area. He's got this over here he wants to bring up. But we have this driven, you know, sense that somehow we open up the word and let me get what I need out of that today. And God simply says, I just want to be with you today. Are you willing to listen to what I have to say about whatever I have to say? And so instead of approaching scripture with our agenda and our ideas and our thoughts, we simply let the scripture speak to us. That means you might pause before you open up your Bible and just say, God, help me not to read into this, my thoughts, my ideas, but let me just hear from you today. And again, it might be a a phrase, a prompting in an area of your life that you weren't expecting to hear from God, but it will change everything. Stop approaching scripture with your thoughts. Let it speak to you. Second, start with scripture and move to discernment. My wife, a couple days ago, um, was sitting on the couch and her phone started blowing up and it was a friend who's, who's a believer, but her friend is, uh, she was processing. And so she was texting my wife, you know, the pastor's wife, and she was uh, She was saying, hey, do you think God would be upset if I did this? Do you think God is okay with this area of my life? Do you think he would forgive me if I did? And my wife was like, you should ask him. (laughs) Right? But isn't that like us? We want to process things and we want to discern things without actually going to the scriptures So we'll ask our Christian friend, we'll talk about it in group life, right? We'll listen to the podcast, we'll read a book on the subject without ever just sitting in Scripture. What does God have to say to me? We oftentimes start with the discernment area in our life and then we move to Scripture to somehow ratify what we've already decided to do. That's not the idea. We build on the foundation. John Wesley uh was known for what they called the quadrilateral approach. It's a big word. It was a way to discern doctrine or theology, and practice. How do we live out our Christian life? Now, he didn't coin this term, but theologians, historians have given this uh, quadrilateral approach kind of to Wesley, but it was scripture, tradition, reason, and experience. So if you look at Wesley's life and how he determined the way to live, he started with scripture, And then move to tradition. What what does scripture say? What has the church or other believers, how have they put that into practice? Traditionally, what, what have other people done based on what scripture says? Third reason, does this make sense? Does it fit? Does it work in my culture? Does it work in my world? Does it work in my life? Does it make sense? If so, if I put it into practice, do I see the fruit of that? Am I seeing God move in my life? Most of us want to start here with our feelings, our experience, and we want to move towards Scripture. But the idea is to start with Scripture and move to discernment. That was a little extra, as Pete says. Um, Third, practice simple obedience to Scripture. I, I know I'm talking about those promptings and the whispers, but let's be honest. There are times when Scripture just simply speaks to us. If you're reading and it says, pray for your enemies, you should probably pray for your enemies. If it says, give to the poor, are you giving to the poor? If it says, love your neighbor, again, there there are some simple things that you can do to apply scripture. But to stop as you're reading scripture and go, is this something I can put into practice today? Can I do something to change, to align my life, to build my life on the foundation of God's eternal word that stands firm. I can stand in this world, on this world that God created, and I can stand on the word which God created. And when we do, our lives are preserved, our lives flourish. But it all starts when you and I start here and listen to what He has to say because it's everlasting, it's eternal, it's firm. And so will your lives be if you align with it. Let me pray. Lord, would you do that for us? Would you give us those promptings and the whispers that we need as we engage in your word, as we spend time abiding with you in silent scripture, prayer, worship, Lord, that it would come alive for us, but that we would understand that although our lives are chaotic, although things in this world change, Lord, you remain the same and so does your word. So does your law. And so we want to align ourselves with that because if we do that, Lord, we will be on a firm foundation and our lives will stand firm. So Lord, uh, help us as we open up your word this week. Help it to come alive for us in unique and new ways. And we pray this in Jesus' name and everyone said, amen. Amen. Before we close, we're going to, uh, have a response to God's word today, and we take communion uh, as, we, as we leave uh, as a response. And this is something that Jesus actually told us to do. So we are putting into practice this simple obedience today. Jesus told us, do this in remembrance. And so we, we will partake today. If you are a guest with us, if you are out of town, you don't have to be a member of our congregation, a member of our denomination To receive the elements today. We just believe that if you are seeking God and seeking his face and seeking to follow him, that he reveals himself in this, that he brings his presence as we receive these elements. And if you're still searching and you're not sure, it's okay to not participate, but we invite you to seek God's face because he'll meet you in this the top there's two layers to it the top layer you peel back will be the bread the second layer is the cup or the juice and uh, we're going to partake in a minute but I'm going to invite you to stand and we're going to we're going to worship as we prepare our hearts and minds to receive these elements
1: Every human heart, its native Christ. Oh, then, in raptured hymn of praise we'll see Christ be magnified. Oh, be lifted high, Jesus. Christ, be magnified in me. Oh, Christ, be magnified from the altar of my life. Christ, be magnified in me.
5: You know, that is our prayer as a church, that... People in our community, family, friends, those that you encounter, that when they see your life, that they would see you as one who has been with Jesus. That's what they said of the disciples. Their lives were a reflection of their abiding with Christ, and they could see it in the way that they lived. And that begins when you and I abide together with Him. His life is magnified in us, and people will say of you, They've been with Jesus. That's our prayer. As you take these elements, we receive them today knowing what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross, that without his sacrifice, we wouldn't have a relationship with God. We wouldn't know God. We, we wouldn't be able to walk with God the way he calls us to. And so we are just so thankful for what Jesus has done for us. On the night that he was betrayed, he gathered his disciples. And as they were eating, he took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it said this is my body do this in remembrance of me let us take me." And, and then taking the cup he said this is a new covenant my blood shed for the forgiveness of your sins that you and I might be made right with him that we might know our heavenly father and know that we are clean pure because of His sacrifice take in remembrance. Lord, thank you for these elements. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, that we can respond to you in this way in in gratitude and thanksgiving, knowing that we receive by grace and by faith your forgiveness, your love. Lord, help us to magnify you in all that we do. That our lives are built on their time with you and built on the Word of God. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, "Amen." Amen. Let's continue to worship.
0: Let's sing this verse together.
1: How about you? I'll stand strong and worship you. And if it puts me in the fight, I'll rejoice because you're there too. And I won't be blown by feelings. i hope hold fast to what is true. Because if the cross brings transformation, you can't hang me there with you. Because death is just a doorway into resurrection life. And if I join you in your suffering, then I'll join you when you rise. And when you return in glory with all the angels and the saints, my heart will still be singing. My song will be the same. Oh, Christ be magnified. Let his praise arise. Christ be magnified in me. Oh, Christ be magnified from the altar of my life. Christ be magnified in me. Just the voices. Oh, Christ be magnified. Let him praise arise Christ be magnified in me and oh Christ be magnified from the altar of my life Christ be magnified in me
5: before you go a couple of quick things uh this Thursday night in West 200 which is that side of the building we are having a worship night spending time just worshiping and spending time in prayer together would invite you to come to be a part of that that starts at 630 here at the Spring Lake Campus West 200 on Thursday night want to also encourage you to participate in the 21 Days of Prayer daily and if you need more information on that you can go to our connection point and they will do their best to help you I'm just yeah, they'll give their best. All right. Once you open up your hands, and I'll give a blessing. And now may God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, continually fill you with his Spirit. Oh, may you hear his voice this week. May you be prompted to change, to move, to walk with him in a new way, to the glory of his name and for your joy. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit amen. And all of God's people said, go Lions. All right, have a good week.